0: All right, I'd like to read you something, uh, this little deal I have. It says, Missing church is a misdemeanor. The more you miss, the meaner you get. <laughs> That's true, ain't it? Yeah. This one says, Only God can turn a mess into a message, a test into a testimony, a trial into triumph, and a victim into victory. I thought that was good. When you become frustrated with older people because of what they cannot do, Think of how frustrated they feel because they cannot, no, they cannot do it either. And so uh, I thought those three things were pretty good. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Nehemiah with me, chapter 3. Nehemiah chapter 3. We're beginning uh, on the valley gate tonight, repairing our valley gate. We have been preaching the series, Road to Revival. And what will it take and how can we get there? And uh, we have to begin to repair or rebuild our gates. We talked about the sheep gate some weeks ago, and that gate is to be repaired, is to lift up and build up Jesus, our salvation, our Savior, the sacrifice for our sins. We talked about after the sheep gate, the fish gate. The fish gate is representing us to build up or rebuild our witnessing, our testifying, our going about into the world and, and giving the gospel, Uh, Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. Then we talked about the old gate. I like the old gate. Going back to the old paths, the old landmarks, the old ways of God. Getting back to the old Bible. Getting back to the old hymns. Getting back to the old word of God. Getting back to the old way of life. And that's where we need to go, uh, rebuild that gate. Here tonight I want to talk about the valley gate. And when you mention the valley gate, always something comes to mind is a valley. And we talk about that many times. We say, I'm in a valley, brother. Or we say, you know what, I, I'm on the mountaintop. Or we'll say, you know what, I'm just going through the valley. Or I'm about to go into a valley. Or I'm in a valley. And, and so tonight, that's what we're going to be talking about in this gate. So let's stand tonight and we'll read one verse. And, and, uh, and that verse is 13, Nehemiah chapter 3. And we'll read tonight just that one and we'll talk about repairing Tonight, the valley gate. And I like it because it says the valley gate repaired uh, Hanum and the inhabitants of Zonah. Uh, They built it and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, the bars thereof, and a thousand cubics on the wall unto the dung gate. This is the largest area of the wall that's mentioned yet in the way of repairing those gates. When the enemy came in, when the Babylonians came in, Came in at the weakest point, and to come in and take over the enemy, which is through the gates, and getting the gates. Though they knocked down some of the wall, there is four and a half miles of wall. Around the city of Jerusalem, there and in that wall, this was about a quarter of a quarter of a mile uh, right here. And when it talks about a thousand cubics, and so when the enemy came through, they came in and just crushed the the very gate down and crushed all that wall down. But in order to fill that gate or re- repair that gate, you had to repair that wall. And so that's kind of the thought here. We haven't seen that just yet, but. In order to repair that valley gate, you've got to repair that wall too. It goes together in order for it to be right here tonight. But we want to preach on that, repairing our valley gate. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name here this, this evening. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God and thank you for Nehemiah. Lord, all oh, the, the truth that you've allowed us to hear about him Now, I ask you, God, that you'd help us to make application to our lives. And, Father, that this wouldn't just be a message that cannot be a part of who we are, a message tonight, God, that goes beyond our our thoughts and, God, beyond our lives. And, Father, there's no count to it. I I pray, Lord, that we would take it personally and, Lord, that we'd apply it, dear God, uh, very fervently and, and, Lord, that we may understand it more clearly tonight so that you, tonight, God, can help us in the valleys of our lives. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you tonight, Lord, that you're God and you're in charge, and you're sovereign tonight, and you know it all. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And So we think about a valley tonight, and the reason why that you don't rebuild a valley is because a valley's always been. Amen. You have to repair the valley gate. And so we find in this, you don't build a new valley gate uh, because you don't build a new valley. The vill- valley's always been. And so we find in that tonight uh, we see that in the valley and we can think of a valley tonight as I know already on your mind and heart and it's true that a valley would be called a trial or a valley would be a test. Or a valley would be some kind of tribulation or some kind of trouble that you're running through, or, or some kind of hardship, or some kind of uh, difficulty of life. And, and uh, you say, you know, we're not always in the valley. Sometimes we got troubles at home. Sometimes we got troubles at, at work. Sometimes we got difficulty. But then sometimes there are some good times, amen? The Christian life tonight is up, the Christian life is down. The Christian lifetime sometimes tonight is living on the mountaintop and you might live on the mountaintop a little while but then also we find ourselves on the other side of the mountain there's a valley. And friend, we find ourselves sometimes, maybe not all the time but maybe a lot of the time in a valley. In a time of difficulty, in a time of of just, it just don't seem to be going well. It just don't seem to be working out. It just seems to be hard. It seems to be difficult. It seems to be tough. You ever find yourself like that tonight in this Christian life? If somebody said the Christian life is easy, they're a liar. If somebody says the Christian life's always full of grins and it's always up and up and it's a bed of roses tonight, then you don't know anything about the Christian life that the Bible teaches tonight. But I say to you, in order for us to get to revival, in order for us to find that renewing with God, that spiritual freshness of God tonight, we're going to have to find that in that valley, we're going to have to get to that valley gate and we're going to have to repair it tonight in order to move forward to this thing called revival. Let me talk a little bit about tonight, about the valley. The valley tonight, three points I want to bring, is the valley of hardness, the valley of humility, and the valley of hope tonight. In the valley of hardness tonight, I want you to notice that in a valley, it's always dark in the valley. We find that it's dark in the valley because the sun comes up late. Uh, It always comes up at the same time. But because of the valley, you don't hardly see the sun until it gets closer to noon. And so in that valley, it's dark a lot of time. And then when that sun goes over so far that when it starts going down, you'll find that it goes down early in a valley. And so it comes up late and goes down early. So in a valley, there's a lot of darkness in the valley. A lot of times where the sunshine don't, 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 don't come upon us and it seems like the light is not as bright as it ought to be, but on the mountaintop, buddy, it's a shining there. You can get a suntan on the mountaintop. I mean, Fred, listen, the light shines very bright on the mountaintop, but down in the valley, it's dark. You ever been there? You ever been in the valley where it's dark? And if I say to you, Fred, you're saying, may I tell you, I sure wish I could see some light, but in the valley, it's a place of dark. It's a dark Is in the valley. There's dark times in our lives. There's dark seasons in our lives. And there's dark days in our lives. Is that so? Tonight, if you've been a Christian for any kind of amount of time, you'll find there's some dark days. There's some dark dark times and dark seasons. Amen. That's part of the Christian life is the valley. And so we see the dark in the valley. Number two, I notice the danger in the valley. In the valley, because it's dark there, the enemies are there. A lot of enemies in the valley. There's a lot of not only enemies in the valley, but there's a lot of robbers and a lot of killers in there. Uh, there's a lot of robbers there that want to destroy your, want to destroy your, 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 your uh, I guess you would say your rejoicing or uh, steal your joy. Uh, that want to rob you from from who you are and what you've done and, and in the valley friend where it's dark there you'll find there's people there that want to rob you but then there are enemies there uh, there that want to take you, that want to accuse you, that wants to keep you down. Usually when you're in the dark place, usually when you're in the valley there's somebody else trying to step it on your neck. Amen? There's somebody else trying to stab you in the back. They're trying to stab you and turn the knife at the same time and, and so we find that when people seem to want to get on top of us and people seem to want to take advantage of us is when we're in the valley. It seems like when people want to hurt us the most or people want to get us the worst tonight, it's not when we're on the mountaintop when the sun is shining and we got some goodness going on, but it's down in the valley when the darkness is and it's difficult. It's dangerous there. So when you're in the valley tonight, that's when things happen. That's when things happen uh, that don't usually happen. Uh, In the the darkness and in the very uh, valley, friend, you'll find the danger time is in the valley. Uh, You better be very careful tonight when you're down in the valley. Uh, You better be very aware and very alert tonight and and, uh, don't keep your eyes closed too long and don't sleep too long in the valley because you're going to find, friend, that's where a lot of more trouble comes because you get yourself in a trouble, you get yourself in a problem, you find yourself in a valley and it just seems, have you ever heard this? One thing after another. I hear that a lot with Christians. We say, man, with things are going on, it's not going on too good, Brother Larry. But let me tell you, there's another thing going on now, too. And there's another thing going on now, too. And it just seems like it just keeps on piling on. And where all that piles on at? It piles on in the valley. So the danger of the valley, the darkness of the valley, the difficulty in the valley, it's in the valley, friend, where you'll find loneliness. People don't like the valley, amen? People, hey, people like to sit with you up on the mountaintop. And people like to go on the mountaintop with you and say, hey, let's hug. Uh, let, let's share. Uh, let's visit. Uh, let's have some fellowship. Uh, let's be together. But Fred, when you find somebody in the valley, you say, oh, no, I'm not going there. Amen, ain't that true? When you're down in the dumps. When you seem like your spirit is down and your your countenance is down and things are going wrong and things are going haywire and things are just not going the way you thought they ought to go. And man, it feels like, Fred, that you're just by yourself in the valley is a place of loneliness. It's difficult there because not everybody wants to go with you in the valley, do they? I'll tell you now, is it lonely tonight, but it's fearful there. It's fearful because it is lonely. It's difficult in the valley. When all things just seem to be going a direction that you're not really wanting it to go and things are just not going how you thought they might ought to go, friend, you'll find yourself in fear there. You're thinking, oh God, I don't see no hope. Oh God, I don't see the light of the tunnel. I don't see how this marriage of mine's going to make it. I don't see how my children's going ever going to stop being rebellious. I don't see how my money's ever going to last that long. I don't know if I can ever make it through this work and this job. I don't know, God, my health is breaking down. I just don't see looking good, and there ain't nobody sitting next to you saying, "Come on, let's get out of here." No, no, it's lonely. Now, is it lonely tonight, but it's fearful. It's fearful, because that's your weakest point, and at the time, friend, when you don't seem to have a good attitude and you don't seem to have a good outlook, it just seems like it gets a little bit darker. And it gets a little bit more difficult. Now you're lonely there and you're weary there, but Fred, you'll find yourself being weary in the valley. You don't want to be in the valley, but you're in the valley. You don't want to be in this trial, but you're in the trial. You don't want to be in the test, but you're in the test. There Ain't nobody coming to get you out of the valley. There ain't nobody coming there to help you through. There ain't nobody saying, "Oh, listen, I love you and care for you. I know you in the valley. I know you in the trial and tribulation and trouble of life. I know you got financial problems. I know you got marriage issues. I know that you got parenting problems. I know you got church issues. I know you're not spiritually where you are to be." Nobody's there to get you out of the valley. It's dangerous there. Hey, man. Amen. Now, I'm just telling the truth tonight. When you're on the mountaintop, everybody wants to be your friend. It's when you're on the mountaintop and everything's going well, going good, everybody's asking, can they go with you and can they do something with you? But in the valley, it just seems like everybody just abandons you in the valley. That's discouraging in the valley. For in the valley, there's sorrow. In the valley, there's grief. In the valley, there's sadness. Is that true? That's where all our grieving is. Uh, uh, Many of folks say, Brother, I I need you to pray for me. Why I need to to pray for you? Oh, because I got this going on. I got going through this. I got this happening. Well, you know what? You're in the valley. It's sorrowful there. It's sad. A lot of grief in the valley. I want you to notice, fifthly tonight, that it's despairing in the valley. In the valley, there seems to be no hope. Hopelessness seems to come. In the valley there seems to be helplessness there as well nobody's helping it don't seem like God's helping it don't seem like nothing's changing it don't seem like there's nothing ever seems to be coming about this I've been in the valley for so long I've been going through this for so many years I have to battle this on a daily basis it just seems to get worse it never seems to get better I find defeat I find a place friend where I'm just being beat down because it's not only hopeless and it's very much a helpless there but it's winless there it seems like I never get victory it seems like I never overcome it seems like I never become a successor I never become succeed in the valley it's tiring it gets weary in the valley And we find now that this gate here is a gate that leads to two main valleys this valley gate does the first the first valley that this valley gate is connected to is called the Henan Valley. This Henan Valley is a place where they sacrificed to Molech. And Molech was erected there as a statue, as one that was worshipped. We find that what would happen at this Moloch was that they, as they built this statue, they built the statue, and as they built there was a hole in the middle of the statue. And at the middle of the statue, that hole, inside that hole was a fire. And it was burning. This was in the valley. And he had his hands out like this. And what happened was, was the children of Israel would go and offer sacrifice of their children to Molech. And they would throw their infants inside the belly, or inside the arms it seemed like, of that Molech inside the valley of Hinnom. And they would sacrifice their children under Hinnom. That's a valley. I don't see anything good about that, do you? Well, I'll say tonight that's what they were doing in this valley. This valley as well tonight was known as Gehenna. The word Gehenna there uh, is a word tonight that was used by Jesus. But prior to that tonight I say that this word Gehenna which is Hinnom Valley was used to burn the trash of the city. They would all come and bring the trash and they would burn inside that valley. I'm talking about the valley gate. It's connected to the Hinnom Valley. That's why it's called Valley Gate. Not only would they burn the trash there, uh, but they would also uh, use it to burn bodies. All bodies that were, that were uh, dismembered, all body bones, all body parts, anything that was dead of a body, they would throw into the hinnom, they would throw into that valley and they would burn. So there's burning of trash, burning of bones. There was the burning of sewage. The sewage of all the, of all the city, of all the town, uh, they would bring up their, their, their sewage, they would bring up that, that part of their lives and they would throw it into the Hinnom Valley and they would burn it. And in that burning, they find that Jesus said, uh, if you would tonight, he referred it as hell. The same Greek word. Let's look at it, Matthew chapter 5. And look in verse 29. Matthew chapter 5 in verse 29, this is this same valley that Jesus is referring to in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 29. It says, If the right eye offend thee, pluck it out, cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee, and one of the members should perish, not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members shall perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. Giana. Why will Jesus refer it to Giana Because it always burned. Never was there not a fire. And it burned of trash. And it burned of filth. It was disgusting. And it was repulsive. That's what hell is. We also find in Matthew chapter 10 in verse 28. Jesus again refers to it and says, And fear not them which kill the body, but not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell in Gehenna. That place that burns. That place that burns everything. That place that has trash. That place that has sewage. That place that has bones. That place where they have sacrificed unto devils. That place, friend, where the Bible calls hell tonight. What Jesus is referring to, Gehenna. Chapter 18 and verse 9, we find Jesus again referring. He says, If thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it uh, from thee. It is better for thee to enter the life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Chapter 23 and verse 15, uh, again. The Bible says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you can pass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Chapter 23 and verse 33. Ye serpents and generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation? of hell and that's what this Gehenna was that's what this Hinnom valley was that was connected to the valley and so you could see tonight how the valley tonight in way of it spoken of in the valley gate that it was some dangerous valley it was some difficult valley it was some dark valley it was a valley of despairing there because of this what it was used for and we find tonight next valley was next to it was called the kindred valley the Kindred Valley was the valley that, that word Kindred means judgment. It means sorrow and it means death. And so we find that the Kindred Valley that comes right up to the valley gate is a is gate that means judgment and death. And then the, then the gate that came up there called the Hinnom, uh, uh, the Hinnom Gate or the Hinnom Valley uh, was meaning fire and burning and judgment. So you kind of see how Jesus would refer to that. We find thirdly that in Second Kings chapter 23 and uh, verses 1 through 12, you don't turn there, uh, but there were pagan idols and pagan altars and the images that were burned there, uh, they burned inside of this uh, Kindred Valley. The Bible says uh, that the king began to gather all the images and gather all the pagan idols. He began to throw them down into the Valley of Kindred, and to stomp them out and turn them into powder That's what's happening in the valley of kindred. We find the deadness of worship, the worship of idols. Jesus in John chapter 18 verses 1 through 12, in order for him to get to the cross, the Bible said he had to go through the valley of kindred. He had to walk through that valley to die and to suffer and to be judged for our sins. He had to go through the death and he had to go through the judgment of the valley of kindred. To get to the cross. This valley tonight as well as at the end of times, the end of judgment. And Joel tonight, uh, turn there with me if you don't mind. Uh, Joel, uh, that's back in the Old Testament there. And uh, look in chapter 3 and look in verse 2 tonight. Joel 3 and 2. And we find tonight that this valley is, is mentioned by the name of the valley of Jehoshaphat. The Bible says, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat. That's the valley of kindred. And will plead with them there for my people, for my heritage, Israel, for whom I have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Look at chapter 3 and verse 14. The Bible says, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. That valley of decision is the valley of kindred. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. The Lord shall also roar out of Zion and utter His voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake, and the Lord will be the hope of His people and the strength of the children of Israel. We find that that valley kindred is where someday in the future will there be judgment of God upon the people. So, that valley tonight, as you see, is a place that's, uh, that this gate is broken down. And it's uh, broken down in the two valleys that connect to it, Fred. And, Fred, listen, you can't walk into the city. You can't go into the temple because the gate of the valley is broken down. But, Fred, when you're in the valley, uh, the valley tonight is a place of darkness and a place of difficulty and a place of danger and a place of despair. You can see that, right? And so tonight, the valley is the valley of hardness. So when we talk tonight about the valley, we're talking about a place that's hard. A place that tonight that we see the Word of God says. And tonight we need to repair our valley gate. If we're ever going to get out of the valley, you've got to have a gate to go through. Number two, I noticed tonight the valley of humility. The valley of humility. So this valley gate is connected to the valley of hardness, but it's also connected to the valley of humility. Anytime and every time tonight that you and I find ourselves in a valley, you can mark it down tonight, there's going to be some humility there. Nobody in us tonight who don't go through trials and troubles and difficulties of life and times of of hardness and times of difficulty and despair tonight where it's dark tonight don't find ourselves somewhere within that valley experience where God begins to show us we're just not all that. That we are just not what we think we are. And there comes a place of humility I want you to notice several valleys tonight in the way of this thought of the valley tonight of humility. If you turn your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17, I want to talk about the valley of Eli, The valley of Eli. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 17 uh, tonight and look in verse 2 with me. 1 Samuel 17 and verse 2. We find that Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together in pitch by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. We find that this battle that's about taking place, and of course David was going to fight that battle uh, with the giant here tonight, but it took place in the valley of Elah. And in the valley of Elah, there in that verse And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood in a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose Height was six cubit in a span. He had a helmet of a brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of maul, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. He had, ingri- had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass upon his shoulders, a staff of a spear like weaver's bean, and the spear's head weighed six. Hundred shekels of iron and one bearing a shield went before him. He stood and cried to the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out and set your battle in array and not a Philistine? And you are your servants to Saul. Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me in this valley. We're fixing to have a battle. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. And when Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afeared. Can I say tonight that this valley of Eli, when you and I come to this type of valley, that God begins to humble us because of the valley of concern. Whenever the conflict is bigger than us, when you look at the children of Israel, and as they were looking on this side of the mountain, and they're looking on that side of the mountain, and the champion was on that side of the mountain, he said, come on with it, come on with it. And the children of Israel is looking at him, and he standing up high, he standing up tall, he set it up bigger he had everything Fred to make look at the whole children of Israel and every one of them was afraid and every one of them was scared to death and they were in the valley of Eli but Fred that's what happens tonight when you get in the valley you, God will humble you when you find that what you are about to face is bigger than you the valley, the valley of Eli what were they going to do Fred, they weren't going to do nothing with the champion They weren't going to do nothing with God. They weren't going to do nothing, friend. All they do is put their head in between their legs and just act like they didn't even see him and he didn't see them. Friend, all they wanted to do was flee out of there. Uh, Not so with David, amen. We're not talking about David tonight. We're talking about the valley of Eli. Friend, whenever there is something bigger than you in the valley, God begins to humble you and shows you who He is and who you might be. I noticed another valley tonight, the Valley of Acar. Uh, brother, uh, brother Keith mentioned that this morning in, in with Joshua chapter 7, verses 21 through 26. Uh, I'm going just mention it to you since he already talked about it this morning in his Sunday school. If you remember, uh, there was a man named Achan, and Achan was told, uh, as everyone, not to take anything uh, from the enemy. And next thing you know, he took he took a, a wedge of gold, he took a, a bunch of silver, and he find that he takes a Babylonian garment. He took that and he put it underneath his uh, his rug or underneath his tent there. And we find that God, of course, knew because God is, is an omniscience and He knows everything. But it was in the valley of Achar and in the Valley of Achar, whenever they was told, Joshua was told that it was him, uh, Achan, who took all that, it was the Valley of Achar where they took uh, Achar, they took Achan and threw him in the valley. They they took his wife and threw him in the valley. They took his sons and his daughters and threw them in the valley. They took his ashes, they took his camels, they took his maidservants, they took his maiden servants. He took all that he had, everything he had, and burned them in the valley. Where in the Valley of Achar, friend, Listen, there is a valley where God would say to you and I tonight that he will humble you in the valley of of consequences. See, he made a choice to go against God, and in the valley, the consequences came. Tonight, God will humble us, humble us in the valley of Achar. Whenever we've done sin against God and we're finding consequences there, while we're in the valley, it's because of our sin. Why we're in the valley? Oh, because we look at the surroundings and they're bigger than what we thought. There's another valley, the valley of Sinem. Look at Genesis chapter 14 with me tonight. Look at verse 1, Genesis 14. and verse 1, the valley of Sinem. God humbles us tonight when we're in the valley of corruption. Look at this, chapter 14, and look there in verse 1. And it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Herak, the king of Elisha, Chalinamor, king of Elam, and title the king of nations. These made war with Bera, the king of Sodom, and with Bersha, the king of Gomorrah, uh, the king of Anab, and uh, Shimmor, king of Sebion, and the king of Mela, uh, which is Zor. All these were joined together in the vale of Siddim, which is the salt sea. What does all that mean to you and all? Though that vale means a valley, the valley of Sinan. Well, what was all going on there? Well, here was happened, taking place there. We know what Sodom and Gomorrah was, right? It was corruption. And friend, when you find yourself in corruption, you find yourself in doing things that are corrupt tonight, you'll find yourself in this valley. And when you get in the valley of Sinem tonight because of corruption in your life, you'll find that God will humble you there. God will humble you there in the valley of consequences when you sin against God and get caught. God will also humble you, friend, in the valley of t- tonight as we look in the valley of Eli tonight. Whenever you look at the giant, you look at the enemy, and it's bigger than what you can consider. We find, fourthly, there's the valley of Eschol. Numbers chapter 32. Numbers 32. Look there in verse 6 with me tonight. The valley of Eschol. We find tonight, again, the children of Israel facing these valleys. And they were always humbled in these valleys. Chapter, 23, chapter 32 of Numbers and look in verse 6 with me tonight. And Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war, and shall you sit here? And where, wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? Thus did your fathers when I sent them to Kadesh Barnea uh, to see the land. And when they went up into the valley of Esca and, and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that, should, that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. What does all that mean? Well, that means in the valley of Eschol was, God humbles us when we're in the valley of being a coward. Uh, the children of Israel were told to go across, told to go to the promised land. But as they were heard from all the other ones, it said, listen, don't go across there. They took the word of man and not the word of God because they were a coward. They didn't want to go and fight. Well, you find yourself in your Christian life when you're a coward. And you find yourself in the valley because you are a coward. Tonight we find another valley, the valley of Kidron, 2 Kings chapter 23, and look in verse 6, 2 Kings 23, and verse 6 tonight. We see tonight in, in the way of the thought of the valley of Kidron, and as we look at what God may have to say to us concerning that, We see the Bible says and he brought out the grove from the house of the Lord without Jerusalem uh, unto the brook Kidron, and burned it at the brook Kidron, and stamped it small to powder, and cast the powder thereof upon the graves of the children of people. Friend, this is tonight is the it God humbles us when we're in the valley of conquest. Whether we are being conquered in our valley or in our lives, whether we're full of cowardness in our lives, whether full of corruption or consequences or concern tonight, we find our places in valleys, the valleys of humility. And every valley tonight that you'll find, it will remove pride, it will remove ego, and it will remove arrogancy. That's what valleys will do tonight. Valleys tonight will also reflect yourself. When you're going to get in the valley, you'll begin to see yourself. When you get into the valley, you'll be able to see the motives and the purposes of why you do what you do when you do it. See, on the mountaintop, you don't experience any of this. Because on the mountaintop, it's just just gladness. It's just joy. It's just everything's fun. It's going well, man. I'm telling you, there ain't no problem anywhere. But you get down in the valley, it gets a little different down there. And these valleys is the valley of humility, the valley of hardness. We need to repair our valley gate. We need to repair it tonight. Can I say here, thirdly? The valley tonight of hope. I don't know about you tonight, but I find myself in a lot of valleys. Do you? I find myself tonight, it seems like I go from one valley to another valley. Seems like tonight that I don't hardly ever much, I'll be honest with you, I'm hardly ever on the mountaintop. Now I could say this tonight, I could say that the majority of times when I'm behind this pulpit, when I'm preaching the word of God, I'm on the mountaintop. I know many times when I find myself serving the Lord and living for God and, and doing what He asked me to do, I find myself on a mountaintop. But, friend, I tell you, friend, a lot of my days, is, well, it's probably your days, is in the valley. And it's a valley, friend, that don't seem like sometimes there's hope there. But I want to say tonight, this valley, this valley gate we're talking about, is not only a valley of hardness and a valley of humility, but tonight it's a valley of hope. And really, this is where I wanted to get to tonight to preach. If you would with me, uh, turn, turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, and we'll stay here just a little while. You probably say, Brother, you do done preach half the time. Well, really, I wanted to get right here. But there are some things we need to say prior to getting right here. But I, I want to say, number one, look at this Romans chapter 5 with me, and I'm talking about the Valley of Hope. The Bible says in verse 3, it says, Not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. There's that hope. How do we get hope inside of a valley? How do we get hope inside of a valley? awful situation that we find ourselves in. How do we get hope in a troubled time, in a trial and testing of life? How do we get in, how do we find hope when it seems like our children are rebellious and our marriage is on the rock? How do we get friend, a place where we find hope when our money's running out and it seems like our things are breaking down? Where do we find hope when it seems like friendships and relationships are coming apart. It seemed like the world is tattered. It just seemed like, friend, things just are not as they are and they shouldn't be. Tell me where there's hope in the valley. Well, here it is. Here's the hope. We find number one tonight, the direction of the valley or to the valley. If you look at, if you can just imagine here tonight, if you could, here on this wall. And on top of this wall is a valley gate there in Jerusalem. In order for you to get into the valley, whether it's a Kidred Valley or a Hinnom Valley, every single time you have to go down. So in order for you and I tonight to find ourselves in a valley, it's going down always. So the direction to the valley is down. You have to go down You have to decide to go down. You have to decide to leave the temple, the place of peace and the place of presence and the place of power with God. You've got to decide that I'm going to go and do that. I'm going to decide I'm not going to do that. I'm going to decide that I'm going to be rebellious. I'm going to decide that I'm going to be defiant. I'm going to decide to be disobedient. I'm going to define myself. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. It's a decision tonight and here you are in the valley gate and you decide to go in the valley. You decide to go down into the valley and you decide to do whatever you're going to do tonight and so you don't get in a valley by accident you get in a valley tonight on purpose and in this valley friend you have to go down and when you get to the valley there's a distance in the valley you just don't go in the valley for just a 10 second period you don't go to the valley just for one minute you don't go to the valley just for one day you might find the valley for a year There's distance in the valley. You go down in the valley. It's a decision to go to the valley. Now, when the direction to the valley is down and decision and and we find that it is a distance, I want you to notice the departing of the valley. Many times tonight we stay in the valley. And the reason why we stay in the valley is because if you look tonight, uh, this as you think tonight of this valley gate on top of this wall, and this wall uh, is, is four and a half miles around the city of Jerusalem. This portion here by the valley gate is a quarter of a mile, and as you look at what it takes in order for you to build your gate or repair your gate, you look at all of that, which is just made of stones, right? Right? Big stones, little stones, many stones. And it's right there on the edge. And if you can think of it tonight in maybe these terms, say this is the very top of the Temple Mount or the top of the wall tonight. And on top of the wall is this gate that's tore down or broken down. But right here is a 2,500 foot drop. On this side is the Temple Mount. or this side is the city of Jerusalem. But the gate's broken down. You can't get on that side. But on this side, it's a 2,500 drop, 2,500 feet drop. Can you imagine that? I mean, here you are, and you've got to build that wall, and behind you is a 2,500 feet drop. And you're up there, and where did all those big old stones, and where did all those big old, uh, because uh, that's all they had, friend. They had big stones, they had little stones, they had many stones, in order to buy, but go up and go up and go up and go up to build this. You know where all those stones are at? The bottom of the valley. How far? 2,500 feet away. So here you are in the valley. And you say, boy, I need to get up there and and build my gate (laughs) so I can get in over there where God's at. But you know what? I'm just too tired. You ever get like that? You ever get to the place, friend, where you you just stay in the valley? And the reason why you stay in the valley is because you're just exhausted. I'm tired of fighting with my wife. I'm tired of fighting with my children. I'm tired of going through this financial debacle. It seems like I can't ever have enough money. I, I can't ever get anything, right? It seems like at work, you know, I, I want a promotion, but I don't get promoted. It just seems like, friend, my health, I, I get over one thing, I get something else. I, I'm in the valley, and you look, at the, you look at the work it's going to require for you to build this gate, and you say, I'm just too tired. I don't care if I end a divorce. I don't care if my kids go to prison. I don't care if I go bankrupt. I don't care if I lose my job. I don't care. You ever been there? See, when you look at that gate and that wall you have to build, and you say, you know what? I just don't think i got enough energy to do that. I think it's just too big. It's just too much. It's just too too much to handle, too much to fix. It's just too big to repair. I would say to you, Fred, that's why many of us tonight stay in our valley. Because we don't want to work to get it out. Whenever, when the enemy wants to attack, he goes after the weakest point. And, friend, he finds us weak in the valley. But then, knowing does he look at it and say in the way that it's uh, big. But he looks at the size of it. You look at the size of what it's going to take for me to build my my gate so that I can go through it. And you say, man, the size of it is too big. I've got to get those big old stones from down on the valley and I'm going to have to carry them up 2,500 feet and put them up there. I mean, you know, the size the scope of work, what I have to do in my relationship with my spouse, in the relationship with my children, in the relationship with my church, in the relationship with work, the relationship I have with my family, the relationship I have with my money, the relationship what I've got to do. It's just big. The size of it is too much. So we stay in the valley. Not only there's a, there's a struggle of it, not only the scope of it and the size of it, but there's a, struggle of it. The valley is deep and steep. The stones have fell to the bottom. The ground is unstable and cluttered with debris. I'm just frustrated. Just tired. If I'm going to get out of this valley, somebody's going to have to help me through. I just ain't got it. The smell of it, can you imagine? Everybody's bringing their sewer there. Dead bodies are being burned trash is being burned there can you imagine friend as you're trying to take that and build that wall and trying to build up that gate and trying to repair that gate the stench it's got to be overwhelming the struggle it's just too big the scope just tired and we find ourselves sitting in the valley saying pray for me Pray for me. Pray for me. Don't know if my family ever make it. I don't know if my church ever make it. I don't know if I ever get through this. Pray for me. And we find ourselves in the valley tonight. Valleys are trials and tribulations and troubles I know the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, it says, That the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold, that perish though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and under honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? That the Bible teaches us tonight that the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. Why is that? You would think, Brother Larry, what you described is, man, it's horrible in the valley. It is. But it depends your attitude. If your gate is built, you've got a different attitude. And when your gate's not built or repaired, you've got an opposite attitude. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, but Rejoice. Talking about hope in the valley. In so much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, when his glory shall be revealed, by you may be glad also with exceeding joy. James 1 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations and let your patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So, this is why tonight we need to repair our gate, the valley gate for revival. You know, many a times we're angry in the valley, aren't we? Amen. Amen. We just got to be honest tonight. Amen. I mean, sometimes we just get angry. I mean, it's just not what it is. It's just not doing as I thought it would do. Uh, they're not acting right. Why can't my children obey? Why can't, why can't my spouse just be sweet and be kind? Uh, why, why can't I just make enough money to feed my family? Why can't my health just be like it ought to be? Why, 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 why? I'm going to tell you, friend, humanly speaking, we just get angry. But the Bible says we ought to be rejoicing in that song. I'll tell you something else we do in the valley. We're unhappy trying to get out of the valley. And we're trying, we can't get out. Well, we're trying to get out. And now we find ourselves in a place of unhappiness. I can't get out of my marriage because I'm not going to divorce because I'm a Christian, but I'm unhappy in my marriage because she makes me sick, or he makes me sick, or, or I, I can't get out from being a father. I'll be a father all the rest of my life, but my children are not acting as they love me or care for me, respect me, and so I cannot get out of that relationship. I'm just unhappy as a father. I'm unhappy as a worker. I'm unhappy as a church member. I'm unhappy as a citizen. I'm unhappy as a friend. I'm unhappy as a family member. I'm just an Happy camper because of the trials, tribulations, and troubles of life. Amen. We find ourselves standing in the valley because we're unhappy, because we're angry. We find ourselves giving up. True? In the valley. We just decide we're going to live like this. This is how it's going to be for the rest of the time. I don't care if I'm happily married, I don't care if I'm happily parent. I don't care if I'm happy at church. I don't care if I'm happy at work. I don't care. I'm just going to endure it. I'm going to go through it. I'm going to grip my teeth. I'm going to push through it and I'm just going to live as an old angry man or an old angry woman. Because this valley thing I find no rejoicing in it. I don't find anything good in it. And yet at the same time tonight this is when your valley gate is broken. But let me tell you, when your valley gate is repaired, number one, we find in verse 3 that we glory in tribulations. See, whenever we find ourselves with our valley gate repaired, we can have this attitude, yes, I'm in a valley. Yes, I'm in a trial. Yes, it's tough. But I'm going to glory in in that tribulation. I'm going to glory in it. The word tribulation means pressures, afflictions, burdens, persecutions, and trouble. The word glory means joy, rejoice, boast, or delight. Number one, tribulation worketh patience. Tribulation worketh patience. And so we find tonight, how do we get to hope in our valley? Through tribulations. You see, God puts us in these pressures. God puts us in these trials and these tests. Because in the tests, in the trials, in the pressures, He's trying to work in us for that we get patience. Friend, you say, I don't need patience. Yes, you do. Every one of us tonight need patience we find in what God is going to get us to have hope is that God is in the valley with you. Got that? God is in the valley with you. God is working in the valley with you. God is not only working in the valley with you, but God is helping you in the valley. You may be angry and you may be unhappy and you may be a place where you just quit tonight. That's because your gate is broken down. But when you repair your gate tonight, you'll be looking to God in the valley and say, I glory in the tribulation. I thank you, God, that you're in the valley with me. I thank you, you're working in me in the valley. I thank you that you're helping me in the valley. I praise you, I honor you, I lift you up, oh God. Thank you, Lord, that you let me go through the valley. You put me through the tribulation. And pressures and afflictions of life. Thank you, Lord, for letting me be where I'm at tonight. Oh, it's not very fun. Oh, it's not very uh, delightful. But it's very friend, I say to you, glory to you. Thank you Lord. That's when your gate is repaired. So we find tonight in this tribulation worketh patience. Tonight, that we see uh, that this uh, the delight. The joy, the rejoicing. For God is accomplishing in you the perseverance. See, God wants you to persevere tonight. He wants you to work through it. He wants you to go through it. He don't want you to quit. He don't want you to give up. He don't want you to give in. He don't want you to cut out. He don't want you to soften up. He don't want you to be tolerated. He wants you to go through it and persevere. In whatever trial, in whatever difficulty, in whatever situation you find yourself in tonight, God is working in the valley with you. And in that valley, he's accomplishing, oh, very much of a perseverance. He's accomplishing an endurance. That word patient means Endurance. He's causing you in the valley to endure, to take the wrong, uh, to take the difficulty, to take the place, friend, where you're not really wanting to be and going through all the troubles and trials that you're facing tonight. But God says that I'm in there with you and I'm working with you to endure. To endure. (laughs) You say, wise, give me a spouse like I have. He's working on you. Why is he giving you those children you got? He's working on you. Why has he given me such a sorry financial? He's working on you. Why is he giving me this? And why has I went through that? And why am I in this trial? Why do I go through that trouble? Why do I get the pressures here and the afflictions here? I'm telling you, because he's working on you. He's trying to get you to the place where you can be a persevering and you can be enduring. See, God, friend, is doing everything in every minute, in every second, in every fire, in every trial, in every trouble, friend. It's not a waste with God. We might be crying our eyes out. We might be begging God to get me out of this valley. We might be saying, God, I can't take it no more. This It's too big for me. Oh, God, I can't handle this no more. God said, shut up. What? Shut up. I'm working. I'm bringing perseverance in you. I'm bringing endurance in you. I'm bringing continuance in you. Friend, I'm letting you know, friend, that I, that tribulation that you have, that you're working in, right now, is bringing you to a place of patience. And then he said, secondly, patience worketh experience. Patience. Worketh experience. Endurance, perseverance, continuance works experience. What is experience? Experience is character. God said, I'm trying to build character in you, I'm trying to bring integrity in you. Oh, I know in your marriage it's the other spouse that's the problem. No, you're the problem. You say, Well, I know in my house it's the children. No, it's the parent. You say, well, you know, at work, it's just, no, it's you. You say, well, you know, over here in that, no, it's you. No, it's over you. And God has got you in that trial and you in that tribulation because it is Him that's working in you tonight to take that patience and move you to experience so that you have a character. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's what He wants tonight a character. I'll tell you what else that word there means, character. If you you studied it out and look it out, it means approved. That word experience means that you've been tested in the fire. It means that you've been through uh, the fire with God, and God now has approved you. I'm going to tell you something tonight. Friend, when it's all said and done, I would rather stand before God on the day of judgment and to give account unto Him. And He would say to me, friend, you're approved then for me to go back and say, God, don't put me in no valleys. God, don't bring me in no pressure situations. Don't put me in places, friend, where I feel hurt and I feel pain and I feel pressure and I feel difficulty. Hey, no, friend, I want to look to God tonight and say, God, I want you to bring character into me, integrity into me. I want to be approved unto God, amen. He said, the only way I can do that is through tribulation. And that's why we can glory in tribulation. Thank you, God. That you're making a man of me. You're making a woman of me that it's through those times that we think are not good and God says oh it's good it's very good and I got you there and I'm working on you and friend you're going to have patience when I get done with you because tribulations ain't going to stop until, until friend you find after patience I'm going to work into your experience I'm going to make you approved I'm going to make you tested I'm going to make you character I'm going to make you to the place friend where you can stand on your hind feet and you can serve me in the type of, of that situation that you can look to me and love me no longer no will you fall on the ground and say it's too big? No longer will you fall down on the ground and say I can't do it, I'm wore out? No longer will you say I can't handle it no more? No longer will you say that I'm going to get a divorce? No longer will you say that I'm going to leave the house and leave the children? No longer am i going to work, take the work and leave it? No longer I'm going to leave the church? No longer i am going to run off to some place? I'm going to stand there and I'm going to live for God and I'm going to trust Him and I'm going to give Him the glory for all that takes place that He will make me a man of God Yeah, the valley gate. We need to build our valley gate. In our building our valley gate, we'll find ourselves tonight letting God take us from tribulation, work with patience. Patience, work and experience. And what does experience work? Read it. Hope. That's where we want to get, right? The valley of Hope. The valley of hope. Oh, we find tonight the valley of hope. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He says in 2 Timothy 3, 14, But continue there in the things which hath which learned and hast been assured of and knowing of whom thou hast learned from in 1 Corinthians 16, 3 it says, Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men and be strong. Uh, don't be a coward. Don't be timid. Don't be alarmed. Uh, don't, be, don't be like man, but be like a man of God. Be bold, be brave, be firm, be fixed. That's what we need tonight. We need people in 2024, friend, uh, that can stand against the waves. To stand up tonight against all the pressures and all the burdens and all the troubles of life. That when they come, they just don't fold and they just don't lay down and they just don't give up and they don't give in. But behind their heart, Fred, as God has placed them there, that they become that man of character and man of integrity, that woman of character and woman of integrity. They become bold. They become courageous for him. They're able to say, Listen, I'm not going to go away. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to do right by God. And it's God that made me in the valley. I've got hope. This marriage can work. This parenting will work. Man, friend, listen, God will take care of me financially. Oh, my health, friend. Listen, I'm just going to lay it to God. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to lay down. I'm going to do all that God would have me to do because that's what God has made. He has brought me from integrity and character to hope. And, friend. that means tonight that me and you tonight can know that there is a hope within us tonight, and that is that God is in the valley with us. God is working on us in the valley, and God is helping us in the valley. That's delightful. That's joyful. That's rejoiceful tonight because He is confidencing in our lives a confidence. That word hope means confidence. I'm going to tell you something tonight. Because of the valley experiences... And because what God has done in the valley by taking tribulations and working with patience and patience is the work and experience and experience work and hope tonight that, friend, no matter what we will face in 2024, we have confidence. Amen. 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 Now, if you don't build your gate tonight, if you don't repair your valley gate, then you'll just crumble down and you'll just be out there somewhere. But if you build up your valley gate tonight and say, oh, God, I'm interested. And you taking those tribulations and you working those very much of what I need in my life. And that is tonight that you'll find that I need character. I need integrity. I I need you to move my life where I get perseverance and endurance. God said, don't worry about my part. You just worry about your part. And tonight I got hope tonight because God said, I'll give you confidence through that. Through that valley experience tonight, God will bring us in the place of confidence. He said, number two, that He'll bring us to the place of assurance. And then He said He'll accomplish tonight expectation. He'll build our faith in God. He'll establish our trust in the Lord. He'll enlarge our our truth with God. That's what He'll do tonight. And it's going to take you and I being in the valley, but having the right attitude in the valley. And the right attitude in the valley is this. It's, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I rejoice. I'm delightful. Because I know in the valley, Lord, that you're going to do a work in me. You're going to do a work on me. And you're going to, I'm going to be better off in the valley than I was when I didn't go through the valley. I don't want to get out of the valley. I want you to be with me in the valley. When you want me out of the valley, I get out of the valley. But until then, friend, I'm going to stay right where you want me to be, Lord. And, friend, you just keep on working on me. I got confidence in God tonight I got assurance in God tonight I got expectation with God tonight listen I'm in his hands I'm in his workplace I'm with him tonight he's doing whatever he wants to do with me friend. no matter what my marriage is no matter what my parenting is no matter where my church is at no matter where my finances is at no matter where my physical condition is at I'm in the valley and he's with me amen that's when you build your your valley gate It makes life a lot easier tonight. Because we're all going to go through valleys. But man, when you got that valley gate built or repaired, you can just go right through it. Say, Lord, I know what you're doing. I know that that tribulation, that worketh patience. And I know that patience worketh experience and experience worketh hope. Tonight I know it's going to be okay. I know it's going to be all right. I'd say to each one of you tonight, and I know, brother, brother Charlie, sister Cheryl, y'all been in a battle. Y'all fix to take off to Kentucky. That won't change the battle. But I'm going to tell you something, brother and sister. Y'all just keep on in the valley and let God do what he's doing. You'll find hope there. You'll find hope. Find hope. Listen, brother Keith, sister Claudia, I know you've been feeling bad and all that's going on. Brother Keith. You'll find help there. you stay there. Let God continue to do as he's doing in your home. I'm just saying tonight. I'm just saying. People like Sister Sarah wanting to have a husband, wanting to get married, we all want that for her. Amen? I mean, that's a good thing. That's the right thing. Hang in there, Sarah. You'll allow God to do what he wants to do in the valley. He'll bring you hope. Amen? I could go all the way around this room here tonight. I can say, Sister Loretta, Jack, don't want to go to church, don't want to do anything with God. Listen, you stay in the valley and let God work patience in you and let God take patience and work experience and bring character in you and then God will bring you hope with confidence. It'll work out. It'll be okay. It'll be fine. I'm just saying tonight, church, man, listen, whenever we're in the valley and we got our gate built and repaired, it's okay for us. It's going to be fine. It's all going to work out. It's going to be exactly what God wants it to be in our lives. We just got to know. We just got to have that confidence. We got to have that assurance and that expectation that what God is doing and God is right. I say to you, don't ever turn away the valley. Don't ever turn away the trial. Don't ever get mad and angry for the difficulty of life. There's something God's doing right there. Just rejoice that God cares enough for you. If you would, turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1 with me. We'll close tonight. Say it, Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. For which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That's the one who has a gate of the valley repaired. That's what it looks like. You want to put it in terms? This is what it looks like. I know whom I have believed. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That is a valley gate repaired. I'll show you another one. Romans chapter eight, look in verse thirty-five. I'm sure, everybody knows this. Romans eight, verse thirty-five. This is a repaired valley gate. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am persuaded. Amen. There'll be shouting going on right there. That's what a gate that's repaired in the valley looks like. I'll give you another one. Hebrews chapter 11. You know this as well. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. Bible says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off were persuaded of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they might have opportunity to have returned. Not now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. That's what a a repaired valley gate looks like. Why would these people say that? We'll look there in verse 33. The Bible says... Look at these. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured in accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial, uh, trial, cruel mockings and scourgings, over a bond and imprisonment they were stoned they were sawn asunder they were tempted were slain with the sword they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute afflicted tormented of whom the world was not worthy they wandered in the deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth and these all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not made perfect tonight. In closing, this is why tonight these people were looking for another better country tonight, would have the attitude that I embrace it, that I take it, that I believe it. What God promises is what God does every time and all times tonight. So whatever the valley you're in, whatever tribulation you're facing, whatever trouble you're at, whatever affliction you have, whatever pressure you're in, stay right there. God will take tribulation and He'll work patience and in them patience He'll work experience In that experience He'll work hope tonight so that you and I could come out tonight as He would want us to come out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As we stand to our feet tonight as we look to the Lord I know I said a lot of things tonight but I pray that something was said that may stir your heart if you're in a valley tonight that you're ready to build your gate or repair your gate tonight stop having the bad attitude stop having the anger and the bitterness stop bringing the fight stop being defiant relax take what God's doing receive it and give him thanks for it because he's doing a work in that valley that's how God works tonight. You know that God that comes from nowhere, that creates out of nothing? He does it for no one? That's that same God. There's no place tonight for you to be bitter at your spouse or at your children or at any relationship or any of your church or anybody. There's no place tonight to be unforgiven. There's no place tonight to be angry with God. There's no place. God has allowed all that to happen in your life. And you just got to come to the place where I'm going to build my valley gate. And I'll be persuaded. I'm convinced that in my valley, good things are coming out of it. you sing, Brother George, if you need to come tonight, you come. The valley gate. Repairing the valley gate. Repairing the valley gate. It's the attitude that you have in the valley. That's what it is. Thank you, Lord. There's hope in the valley. that hope tonight is not what you do but it's what he does in you that's the hope tonight the valley gate thank you my father what 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 a message what a gate man what a God As I was preaching, I was thanking God. Don't you think there might be a better way for you to bring hope? He said, no. No, I know you. And I know it takes tribulation. Until I get tribulation in you or about you, then I can ever bring patience. Endurance. Perseverance. And then once I can get that going on you, then I can find some experience. Character. Approved. And now i got you about where I need you. And now we got hope. Thank you, Lord. We're all made the same. And we're all going to go through the same process. So tonight, if you want hope, that's how it goes. Just like that. God never fails. He always, always comes through. Brother George, if you would, my brother, would you dismiss us tonight? I love you, church. Hope to see you back on Wednesday night. Children of the Heavenly Father, safely in His bosom gather, nestling her. saith flourish, from all evil things he spares them, in his mighty arms he bears them. Praise the Lord